The reading is from Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter's demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Thanks very much, Catherine. So, the faith of a Canaanite woman. Excuse me. So I just want to start by putting in a little bit into context uh, in terms of where this happened. So we're reading in, in that passage that leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So Jesus and his disciples have left the region of Galilee and they've gone up to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, and that's slightly northwest of the Sea of Galilee, if your geography is any good, um, and the city of Capernaum, where most of Jesus' ministry takes place. So where they, were, where they ended up was near what we uh, call Syria and Lebanon. And it's important to understand the significance of that location, because this region was home to the ancient enemies of Israel, the Canaanites. So the Canaanites were the ones that Israel had battled thousands of years ago, going all the way back to Joshua and the Israelites' entrance into the Promised Land. And understanding this is crucial to understanding this package, this passage. I'm going to pick out four words, use four words as I talk this morning. Uh, And they all begin with R, just to to help you. Uh, And the first one is recognition. Because what happens in this story is quite amazing. The woman is a Canaanite. And the Canaanites were the idolatrous people who were living in the Promised Land. Even Abraham had made his servant promise that he would not let Isaac marry a Canaanite. And yet this woman, a Canaanite, comes to Jesus, calling him Lord and Son of David, recognising his authority and that he is God's Messiah. Recognition. Recognition 
takes all sorts of, of, uh, of guises. Um, many years ago, I went on uh, uh, my travels on my own uh, and went across Canada and then down the west coast of America. Uh, and I'd been traveling for some long time. Uh, the, the journey, I was away for about six weeks in total, I think, from home. Um, and it was well into uh, that period of time. Um, and actually, uh, traveling on my own, I was feeling a bit lonely. Uh, and there I was um, in San Francisco, uh, queuing up uh, in, in, in the queue of tourists to go and see Alcatraz, the prison. Uh, they let me out, by the way. So, okay. uh, and I was standing in the queue, uh, and ahead of me, uh, about ten people ahead of me, I suppose, I spotted somebody who was wearing exactly the same red C&A anorak yeah, as I was. Okay? Uh, and this sounds really odd, but actually I, I, I recognized the anorak. It w wasn't mine. I was wearing mine. Um, and I thought, oh, I wonder if that person is from England. Uh, and uh, cutting a long story short, my wife's here, so I need to be careful, but no. Uh, this young lady uh, was indeed from England. She was wearing a red CNA anorak. Probably looked better on her than it did me. Um, and actually, we spent the rest of the day together. Uh, and she too was traveling, and it was just nice. To, to, to enjoy the company of somebody else from our own country. Um, that's where it ended. I can't even remember her name. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I apologize to her, but um, I don't know what her name was. Um, but it was good. And why did that encounter happen? Because we recognized something about each other. You see... I, I thought perhaps today it would be appropriate, he says, looking at the clock, um, to use a few football analogies as well. Um, health warning. Uh, don't like football, really. Uh, um, I was never any good at playing football. I used to avoid it if I possibly could. Um, but if you're playing football, then you wear a particular colour kit. And the idea of that is that at a glance, as I understand it, you, know, you can, you can recognise members of your own team and members of the opposing team. And ideally, in a good situation, you will pass the ball to a member of your own team that you recognise, not somebody from the other team. Let's hope that they've, they've got that idea in their heads this afternoon. Um, and it's recognition. It's, it's seeing something... That, that rings a bell with you. It says, yes, okay, I recognize that. You also need to recognize that if you're going to score a goal, unless you've got a really good kick, you're going to have to venture into the half of the opposing team. You won't be able to stay safe in your own territory. And here we've got Jesus, who was in a different territory to the one that he was used to, and he was recognised. Not because of what he was wearing, but because of who he was. For who he was. And if you were listening to Tom speaking last week, 
uh, about uh, Jesus walking on the water. You, you may remember that you know, the disciples didn't at first recognize that that was Jesus. But this woman does recognize Jesus for who he was. And she also recognized him for what he was. The Messiah, the Son of God. She recognized his power. And she does something which is really significant in this Gospel of Matthew. She kneels before him. The author of Matthew uses this action as one befitting a king. The Magi, who are also Gentiles, are the first to offer worship to Jesus in this way uh, in Matthew chapter 2. They kneel before the baby Jesus. The unrepentant slave bows before the king in the parable of the unforgiving servant, Matthew chapter 18. And the mother of James and John kneels before Jesus as the king of a kingdom in Matthew 20 and verse 20. So for the woman to treat Jesus in this manner is in keeping with her earlier declaration of Jesus as the son of David. And kneeling is not only a sign of kingship, it's also a recognition of power. There's a connection between those who kneel before Jesus and the healings that Jesus performs. A leper kneels before Jesus and asks to be made clean, Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. A ruler kneels and asks for his daughter's healing, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. And at the end of this gospel, further on from where we're reading today, when the resurrected Lord appears, the disciples bow before him. And Jesus says that all authority in heaven and on earth is his, in chapter 28. And bowing in worship also recalls Jesus' command to worship only the Lord God. So this woman kneels before one whom she recognises as having authority, not only to sit on the throne of David, but also to wield power over evil, to wield the power of healing. Recognition. And then there's a slightly odd part in this passage. So the woman comes to Jesus and she calls out to him and Jesus did not answer a word. And then his disciples came and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out to us. The second R, rejection. Some commentators have, have even suggested that perhaps the disciples' response is, is, is perhaps a slightly racist response to this woman, this Canaanite. Rejection. Apparent, initially, indifference from Jesus. Let's go back to football. What was your experience of being picked 
for the football team. You know, you, you all get lined up, don't you? And then the captain comes and says, oh yeah, I'll have, have them, yeah. and then the other team chooses somebody, you know, and, you know, I'm sorry, you, know, you can feel sad for me because I was one of those ones who was at the end <laughs> of that list. <laughs> I was the one, one of the ones that they didn't really want. Um, I was one of those who was always left till last. No one really wanted me. Oh. And I don't really blame them. <laughs> yep, I, I don't pretend to know much about the individual members of England's football squad, but I suspect that over the course of their careers, some of them, perhaps most of them, have had times when they've had to face and deal with rejection in the course of their careers. I'm sure it's not all been plain sailing to have got to where they are now. And of course there will be a squad of, is it 23? Thank you. There you are. See, you've been doing my homework, Dave. 23, but only 11 are going to get selected to, to be the first on the pitch. You know, and there may be a couple of others who get substituted in, but, but there will be some in that squad of 23 who will be disappointed because they won't get picked. Setbacks and disappointments. And so let's think about this woman, and twice Jesus explains to her that his mission is first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's not where she comes from. Indeed, the narrative earlier in this uh, chapter, in, this, uh, in, the, in the Gospel, has, has emphasised that the house of Israel has provided Jesus with more work than one labourer could feasibly handle. The need in Israel is great. And the disciples too seem to think that Jesus should stay focused on the needs of Israel. And they keep telling, to send, telling him to send her away because they're tired of hearing her cries for help. Rejection. And faced with that response, it would have been easy for the woman to, to give up, to turn away. But she didn't. She had, third R, resilience. Now the England team have worked their way through a lot of football matches to reach the final of the World Cup, which happens to be at 11 o'clock tonight, today apparently. Yes, sir. Um, and actually, I was just thinking, you know, you know, at that point, you know, if it goes really well and somebody says to you in umpty umpty years time when they make it again, you know, where were you when England won the World Cup you know, in, in 2023? You can say, well, I was sitting in church waiting for him to finish <laughs> and he didn't. So they've worked their way through a lot of football matches. And, and I did a bit of research, right, because I, I couldn't remember exactly who they played. Yeah, and it's not all been plain sailing, has it? Uh, they've been in some tight and nerve-wracking situations. Nil-nil, yeah. Nigeria, and 4-2 on penalties, finally. They've had to stay focused. And right now, at 8 minutes to 11, with a few minutes to kick off, Dave, they're hopefully, probably, the most focused they've ever been. 
I'm not going to make any predictions about the result, but, but we hope for the best. So did the woman give up? She didn't. And we've got this, this quite strange comment from Jesus, haven't we? It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. What's that mean? Jesus is, is saying, well, my mission at the moment is to the Israelites. And what Jesus says in that one verse is, is sometimes taken out of context. And the words uh, which almost seem to, to be derogatory or hateful but it's neither. Jesus has got a purpose for what he is saying here, as he has a purpose for everything he says. I'm sure these words would have been difficult for the woman to hear. But Christ's intent, apparently, is to test this woman's commitment to her request, to test her faith in him. And Jewish people sometimes called the Gentiles dogs to show their disrespect for them. Dogs in the Middle East were most often seen running in packs, dangerous scavengers, and Jewish people would not, in general, think of them as either pets or friendly creatures. But the word that Jesus uses here is not as harsh as it sounds when it's translated into English. The Greek term he uses, kainarios, literally means little dog. And in the context of children and of food, this seems to be a reference to a pet, this would have been a more common use of dogs in a Gentile region. So there's no question that Jesus' symbolism here depicts Israelites as God's children and this woman or her child as a little dog, not even as a person. But he's, he's not trying to be hurtful. He's comparing the nature of God's relationship with his chosen people Israel, to those in the rest of the world who practice pagan idolatry. But Jesus has a purpose. He's saying this to test this woman's humility and her faith. And he knows already that he is going to reward both. And the woman is not deterred. She's made her way. She, she's said her bit. She's called out. And she claims a place in the household. But she's not claiming a position of privilege or even the position of an insider. She accepts the status of a family's pet dog by claiming that even the dog enjoys crumbs from the table. And that's quite striking, isn't it? She places hope in what others have discarded. This son of David, she sees, has got so much power that there is enough power for the house of Israel and more than enough left over for her. She's not trying to thwart his mission. She's just after a crumb, recognising that even that crumb is powerful enough to defeat the demon that has possessed her daughter. He said something to the woman that sounds harsh, at least to modern English readers. According to Jesus, for him to heal her daughter would be as inappropriate 
as taking food from a child to give to a pet dog. But rather than being offended, the woman seems to clearly grasp that analogy. The children are God's chosen people, Israel. The bread is Jesus' ability to heal and cast out demons. And the dogs are the pagan Gentiles. And that food has a primary purpose and a primary recipient. There's an obligation to use it correctly. And yet she is not deterred. Her response doesn't at all challenge Jesus' position. Rather, she echoes a sentiment that Jesus used earlier. Then he had condemned Israel's lack of belief by referring to this very same Gentile ter- ter- territory back in Matthew chapter 11. And she quickly answers the Lord that even the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So this analogy raises a question of the master's compassion and does so without denying the truth of what Jesus is saying. Would any dog owner refuse to allow the dogs to eat the crumbs from the floor? So what does Christ see? He sees great faith in her response. She acknowledges that he is the master and suggests that he can serve whomever he chooses with the crumbs of his time and power in this moment outside of Israel. That which the children have either ignored or rejected is all she is asking for. And this reflection, it seems, as we look at this whole passage, was the purpose of Jesus' initial lack of response, initial delay. So what does Jesus do? He praises her faith. This woman seems to understand what the members of the household of Israel have yet to grasp. That Jesus is not just hope for Israel, but hope for the world. And in that moment, Jesus grants complete healing to her daughter. Her daughter is saved from the demons that have possessed her. The woman demonstrated resilience, and so Jesus gives salvation. The child is, our fourth R, redeemed. Redeemed. What do you need to be saved from? And so the last football analogy for today is that in a moment, yeah, I've missed it, sorry, um, it's all going to be about trying to score goals. And for each side it's also going to be about, if a goal is attempted, saving that goal. What do you need to be saved from? What low balls are heading your way right now? What own goals are you beset with? What own goals do you kick and you think, why did I do that? Our lives might be a little like playing a football match. Our lives might well involve defending 
attacking, injury, making a mistake, a missed opportunity. Whatever the outcome of the match that's just about to kick off, there we are, keep your phones away, Uh, no doubt each of the players will look back on what happened and think about times when they could have done better than they did, when in hindsight they would have acted differently. Have you experienced the redemption of Jesus? There might be something from which you need redemption this week. And I say be redeemed through Jesus. Recognise Jesus. Recognise him for who he is. For what he is. For what he can do. Be resilient in your pleading and approach to Jesus. And be ready to be redeemed. So what might you need to be redeemed from? I've got a list here. It's just things I've thought of. And I'm just going to read through them. And some of those may be appropriate for some of you here. Or it may be something else. And if it's something else and I don't read it out, then just lift that thing before Jesus. Whether it's that low, hard ball heading towards you that you need to be saved from. Or that own goal that you've kicked. So you might say, I'm addicted. And Jesus says, be redeemed. I need healing. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, I'm hurt from abuse. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, I just don't like people who aren't like me. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, I don't desire to spend time in God's word. Jesus says, be redeemed. Perhaps you say, I don't want to pray. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might think, I'm fearful of rejection because of my faith. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, I don't care enough to share the gospel with others. And Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, I don't love other people. Jesus says, be redeemed. Or I don't live generously. Jesus says, be redeemed. I can't control my temper, you might say. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, I don't feel like serving the church. Be redeemed. I don't know how to be patient with others. 
be redeemed. I don't love my neighbours, be redeemed. I'm not a good mother or father, I'm not a good son or daughter, I'm not a good brother or sister, I'm not a good friend, be redeemed. You might say, I have no joy. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, I live in fear. Jesus says, be redeemed. You might say, it just feels like I want something else more than God. And Jesus says, be redeemed. And so that list could go on. But now, Father God, as we come before you, we just ask that you will make us open to coming before you, to having the resilience to ask and to keep on asking if we don't see an immediate result, Lord. Because, Father, we recognise you as our Lord God, Heavenly Father. We recognise Jesus Christ as your only Son who died for us, took our sin upon him, and was raised again to life. We recognise your Holy Spirit flowing and moving around, among us and filling us up. And Lord, we seek your redemption. We seek your salvation. And we do this in the name of Jesus. Amen.